0: y'all that's not true but it is is such a blessing to be with y'all today it's always encouraging to be able no matter where no matter when to share the most powerful transforming word that's ever been spoken on this planet and that's the word of almighty god no matter where you're at no matter what time you're there no matter what age you are the word of god will always comfort us strengthen us lovingly correct us whatever we need Praise God we find it in the word of God and thank God he loved us so much that he didn't just tell us how to do it, he didn't just tell us how to live it, but he gave us the Holy Spirit as a comforter and as a teacher. I don't know about you, I can't imagine trying to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit of God. He is always there to comfort us, to help us. Even when he corrects us, you know, I tell people all the time, we don't like to talk about the judgment of God, but the judgment of God is love because it is love that he loves us so much that he's willing to correct us. He's willing to allow things to happen to us to get our attention. You know, people say, well, why is it God doesn't want you to sin? Because the Bible says that sin kills, steals, and destroys. And that's why God doesn't want us to sin. It's not that he's just trying to be some powerful being up there and tell us what we can and can't do. God says, I love you so much that I know what sin will do to your life. And therefore, I don't want you to sin. That's the reason he said, I sent my son to die for your sins, to break the power of sin off your life so that now you can walk into joy and you can walk into comfort of the Lord if only we'll put our trust in Him. That's the God I'm talking about. Can anybody give Him a round of applause today? Amen. Isn't He wonderful? Amen. Isn't He wonderful? I just want to share with you today uh, something that, hey, I, I never get to share a message that it doesn't hit me first. That's the good thing about a message of God when you put it together uh, I can't tell you the times that, you know, being when I used to be a pastor, now I'm more so of an evangelist, and I go wherever the doors are open. But I remember every now and then when I was a pastor, whew, man, I'd get a word, I'd get in my office, and God would give me a message, and it would be transforming. It would be powerful. It, and I'm like, boy, I can't, wait to, I can't wait to tell them people, boy, I'm going to straighten them folks out with this message. And then all of a sudden, God say, that message ain't for them that was for you (laughs) I said well can't I share it with them I think some of them need it too he said no that's all for you I'll give you something else for them but you know I never do a message that it doesn't bless me first and uh, again sometimes those messages are just for me but I love it when I can share it but I want to talk to you today on the subject of what are you (laughs) thinking what are you thinking? You ever had somebody ask that? Man, what in the world are you thinking? Yeah. What are you thinking? Of course, a lot of times we ain't. That's the problem. We ain't thinking. But when we think about that, from the time that we're young until the day we pass away, our lives are filled every day, every moment with thoughts and decisions. Each and every day of our life. The average person makes thousands of decisions per day. Things like... Even personal hygiene, you know, when you get up in the morning, you got a routine. Well, every one of those, even though they are ritual and they're habit, they still require a thought and a decision to be able to do. Now, I told somebody one day. Now, it, it's it, it's okay if you spray your hair with Right Guard, <laughs> but it's a whole different story when you spray your armpits with hairspray. Uh-huh. <laughs> One you can deal with, the other's gonna cause problems. Yeah, that's gonna cause, cause some problems right there. So you know, you, you can get out of the routine and get yourself in a mess. So even though we get in routine, we got to know what we're reaching for, right? Yeah, that's a decision. Personal hygiene. What clothes? You know, you get up, you decide. Okay, what kind of clothes I'm gonna put on? What shirt? What pants? What shoe? You've just made three decisions. Right there, just like, we don't even stop to think that those were decisions. You know, getting out of that bed, which foot you're going to put down, that's a decision. And see, that's what we're talking about. That's the reason we have thousands of thoughts in our life every day that we don't even realize. What we're going to eat, because a lot of times you have a menu here. But, you know, if you don't, me and Pop, we had to decide where we were going to eat lunch at today. And then we decided we eat too much. Amen. (laughs) But it was good, every bit of it. It was awesome. What directions we're going to go in, what jobs we're going to do, what books, magazines, articles we're going to read, what songs we're going to listen to, what TV programs we're going to watch, who we're going to call, who we're going to help, who we're going to go see, who we're going to send a note, who we're going to encourage, what time we're going to do, what things, and what are the schedules. Even here, we've got schedules, So, but we have to make decisions. Am I going to go to that? Am I not? Those are decisions. Our brain really never shuts down Even when you sleep. Matter of fact, that's the reason some people can't really sleep. Because their mind just won't slow down. Mm -hmm. I really believe this with all my heart. I think that's something you need to pray about. Because the Lord says, I want to give you sweet sleep and rest. And you can be guaranteed the devil doesn't want you to rest. He doesn't want you to sleep. That's the reason we need to go to God. We need to talk to the Lord. You know, help me if you're not asleep. The Lord help me sleep. Experts this will blow your mind. Experts estimate that the mind thinks between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. That is an average of 25 to 3300s per hour. That's how many decisions you're making. Now let's not forget. again, every movement of your body requires a decision from your brain. If you move your hand, that that was a decision. You don't just do it. If that was the case, we weren't careful, we'd fly all to pieces, right? But you see, your brain controls all of that. Those are decisions. Everything we're doing, every movement we make is a thought in our process. So, is it any wonder that people become anxious, stressed, and confused? Is it any wonder, with all of this in mind, that that is the very place that Satan will attack us the most is in our thought process, in our minds, where when we're thinking. Chances are he does hit in other areas. He can hit in your health. He can hit in your finance. He can hit in all. But the number one place the enemy comes against us is right here in his head because that's where we've got the most activity. And if he can get into that, oh, he can make a mess, can he? Yes, you better believe it. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, which means awake. Be vig- vigilant, which is watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Ooh, now, it doesn't mean he can devour everybody, but he's looking for somebody. Right. And I can promise you, he's looking for those who are not awake and who are not watchful. He's like an enemy always trying to come in the back door. That's the reason. Don't be surprised when he comes against you and what you think, how you feel, what's going on in your life. That's the way he attacks. Doesn't matter what our age is. He comes at us and our thought process, he's always telling us things to try to get us off guard. God says you're special. God says you were created to do wonderful things. The devil says you are nobody and you can't do anything. You have to decide who you're going to believe. See, that's the decision. Who are you going to believe? you going to believe the devil or you're going to believe God? You're going to believe what? Your creator, your sustainer, your father, the lover of your soul. You're the apple of his eye. You're going to believe him or you're going to believe the devil who's destined for hell. And a lie about everything. And the, father, the Bible says he's the father of lies. If the devil opens his mouth, he's lying. You better know it. If he opens it, that's like I had a friend one time. And the, and the guy said, if he's awake, he's lying. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! He said, the only time he ain't lying when he's asleep. He said, and, and then that's questionable if he's talking in his sleep. <laughs> John 10, 10 says, the thief, which we know to be the devil, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's what sin does. Yeah, right. It steals, it kills, and destroys. That's the reason God hates sin sin. Yes. Amen. But thank God he doesn't hate the sinner. That's right. yes. No matter what the sin, God doesn't hate the sinner. God loves us so much that he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if we reject that, it's out of God's hands. But God gave an avenue. God gave an escape. God gave a way through his son, Jesus, that we do not have to go down that road he does this when we look at the devil the enemy by getting into our heads then he gets into our heart now what does that mean i've always taught that there's three things you need to know about how you're made up how god made each one of us the head is the information center that's where all the information comes in what we touch what we smell what we see all of that all the senses come to the brain and then the brain gathers all this information so it's an information center it's like a computer the brain really doesn't make decisions it gathers information but the heart is the decision center that's where the heart takes the information in the brain and then it starts deciding what it's going to whether it's going to accept it or it's going to reject it Then comes the next part, which can be the good part or the bad part, and that's this mouth. That's the communication center. Mm -hmm. That'll tell you what's in the head, and that'll tell you what decision the heart made. Mm -hmm. Luke 6.45 says it best. Out of the abundance of the head, heart, heart, Mm -hmm. the mouth speaks. See, the heart gathers the information, then makes a decision about it, and then it professes it. And it will profess whatever it believes. That's the reason we have to be careful what's in this head. See, that if the devil can make you believe a lie and profess it, he gives power to it. That's the reason you got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful about the decisions that are in your heart. So many people that are worldly... And sadly, on the road to hell is because they don't know the truth. That's right. They haven't read the word. They're not under a preacher. Nobody's teaching them the truth. So all they've got is the information that the world has given them. And that information will lead you to hell if you're not careful. Amen. Amen. And that's what the devil is trying. He doesn't want them to know the truth. He doesn't want you to know the truth. He doesn't want you to know how special you are to God, how much God loves you, and how much God cares for you, and how quick God is to forgive you, and that his mercies are new every day, and that daily he loadeth us with benefits. What an awesome God. And the devil doesn't want you to know that. And if you know it, he wants you to forget it. And if you know it, he doesn't want you to profess it because everything you profess, you give power to. Mm -hmm. That's the reason the Bible also says put a guard or watch over your lips and a guard over your mouth. Because what you say, you know, doesn't mean you're not going through some tough decisions, but don't give word to it. You know, we've all heard that old saying, it's better to be quiet. If you need to be. My grandmother used to say, if you can't say something good about somebody, don't say anything at all. And my grandmama stayed quite a lot, which made me wonder what she was up to. (laughs) (laughs) She must have had a lot to say about folks because she sure didn't say much at all. So if she believed that. you know, And and one saying I used to love, I, I heard it many years ago. It says, tis better to be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. Amen. <laughs> it's bad enough when you think it, but when you open your mouth, then somebody else is going to know it. So be careful with what you say. Our minds gather information, but our hearts make decisions. So what's that telling us? We need to be careful what we put in this head. We need to be careful what we hear. What we see, we need to be careful because it is putting stuff into our mind that our heart has to make decisions on. And if we don't know the truth, we'll make the wrong decisions. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If I listen to you talk long enough, I'll know what's in your heart. Just by listening to what you say, I'm going to hear... How much you love God, I'm going to hear how 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 what you believe. I'm going to hear about your family. I'm going to hear about the folks you love. I'm going to hear about what you don't like, what you do like. It won't take long to figure out where you're at, who you are, or what you say. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of that heart, the mouth will eventually speak. So if we listen to people, that's the reason I I, I can listen to a person and tell where they're all with Christ. You know, how, how long they've been with Christ. How they're serving Christ because of what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, I get around some Christians and they never say a word at all about God, the Bible, church, or anything. Which tells me if they're not talking about it, they're not thinking about it. Right. They're, they're not even making decisions about it. They're just showing up out of routine. And that is not what God wants. God has so much more in store for us. And God wants to bless us tremendously. It is important that we guard our minds, and our hearts sometime? No, most of the time. No, all the time. Notice now, sixty to 80,000 thoughts a day, and you need to be guarding every one of them. I don't know about you, that sounds like a full-time job. (laughs) That means every day. But here's a good thing. We don't have to do it by ourselves, because the Holy Spirit is with us. And he'll help us. Now, a lot of this stuff won't be a problem if we condition ourselves to look at the right things, listen to the right things, talk to the right people. See, some things you already know are going to cause you problems if you do it. Mm -hmm. You already know if you watch certain kinds of programs on TV, it's going to influence your thought process. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why there's so many things that has always been sin. But today we're living in a society because TV says it's acceptable and society says it's acceptable. People are beginning to think it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. And yet the word of God says it's not. That it's going to lead you astray. It's going to cause damage in your life. You're going to miss my will for your life. But see, what's happening What hap- is the influence. And how does the devil work? He comes in subtly. He desensitizes us piece by piece. And day by day, that's the reason we got to constantly what be guarding what we think, what we let into our hearts and our mind. He's always whispering in your ear. You're not good enough. You're too young. You're too old. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not loved. You're not appreciated. Anybody ever heard these? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Your sin's too big for God to forgive. Yeah. Oh, you've gone too far this time. Mm. It's over for your kind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sinned the biggie. Oh you oh you let me help you with that. There's only one sin that'll send you to hell and that's rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's right. Amen. And there's only one thing that'll get you to heaven and that's receiving him. Yeah. because every sin can be forgiven. The only sin God will not forgive is the rejection of his son. Because as long as we live in these flesh bodies, we're going to have some problems. Amen. Amen. We're going to miss the mark. But that's the reason it was covered at the cross. And if we will stay obedient to God and trust him and be quick to what turn from those thoughts, turn from those ways, God said, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. Jesus said we're in the palm of his hand and he's going to take care of us. We don't have to worry about that as long as we keep our heart and our mind right before God. Amen? Amen. He's going to tell you that you've wasted too much time. He's going to tell you your best years are behind you. Uh, These are all lies. God can change the world with you at any moment. God can use you to speak to one person who can go out of this place and evangelize the world. Because one person can make the world a difference. But that person won't do what they're supposed to do unless you do what you're called to do. You know, when we look at the life of Billy Graham and the millions of people he led to the Lord, well, that was his call. That's what he was supposed to do. But he went to a service and heard another preacher who had been influenced by another preacher, Billy Sunday, who had been, in, who had been influenced by, I believe, Dwight L. Moody. And Dwight L. Moody had been influenced by a shoe salesman. Wow. Not a preacher, not an evangelist, just a humble man in, 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 on the streets that sold shoes. And God put a heart, put a desire in his heart. He, he noticed one day there were young boys all in the street with nothing to do in the city that he lived in. And God put it on his heart to start a Sunday school and start ministering to these young boys and he gave Dwight L. Moody a job at his shoe store and began to minister to him as a young boy and he got saved. Praise God. Yeah. And then later he became a powerful evangelist and man of God. He pastored in some places, but then he spoke in Billy Sunday heard him, got saved. Billy Sunday went out evangelizing, spoke to another man who got saved, who eventually did a tent meeting where Billy Graham was at. Billy Graham got saved. Look at how many millions have been saved because one man told a young boy yes. about Jesus Christ. Amazing. And see, you don't realize when you share love and encouragement and the word of God with somebody else, that one word that you speak, that one thing you do for God can have a chain reaction that will blow your mind. Nobody would know but God how far it's gone. Don't ever think you're through. You're not through until you quit breathing. As right. long as you got breath, you got a responsibility to the God who loves you to do some really awesome things. People say, well, you know, I'm at the age now, I can't do much. You can do the most powerful thing in the world, and that is pray. Because yeah. prayer transforms everything. That's right, if you can't do anything but pray. I saw the story of a gentleman. Back in the 1940s, I don't even know if the man's still alive anymore, but he lived over in Europe, over in those areas, and I cannot remember the exact place, That Poland, he was in Poland, and the the Germans had come in and taken over Poland, and they were going to set up a government church that was run by the government, Mm. and so many of the ministers, because they didn't want to lose the churches in their position, joined up with this. But there was a man who says, no, only God owns the church. Germany doesn't own the church. Poland doesn't own the church. And no man of God owns the church. Only God himself owns the church. Amen. Well, this man was later taken away from his family and put into a prison environment. And for 15 years, they beat and tortured him every day. Every day. They would strap him up in areas and hang him over bars and beat the bottom of his feet with rods and pole They would pull his fingernails out. They would do everything they could to kill him. And every day at the same time, he would pray and he would pray. And his torturer, this is what this guy did. He went from cell to cell dragging out prisoners and beating them mercilessly. And he would beat them and and he knew every day when this man was going to pray and he'd open that window and see him praying and, and drag him down the hall and he'd beat him and beat him unconscious and then bring him back. But every day that man would pray at the same time. And he did this for years. He had watched many of the other prisoners die. Matter of fact, there was one prisoner that died that they were all, something happened and they let him be in with some other prisoners, the six or seven, and, and the guy opens the door and here's this one guy sharing the gospel and talking about Jesus. And he drug him out of the room and beat him and they could hear him beating him and, and the guy brought him back and he's all bloody and all and he sits on the end of the bed and the guard walks out, the guy who had beat him so bad, and he says, now where were we? And goes right back to sharing Jesus again. Because he knew something. There's nothing in this world more important than sharing what you've got that Jesus put in you with somebody else. But this gentleman, just before he eventually, his wife got somebody that knew the family to somehow pull some strings and got him out of that prison before they beat him to death. Mm -hmm. But 15 years. But one day this torturer comes to the window. And there he is praying again. And he goes in and he's in a rage. And he said, For 15 years, I have beat you every day. You have called out to your God every day. And hey, he hasn't answered you. He hasn't heard you. You're still here. I'm still beating you. He said, What have you got left to pray about? And what he said will change your life. He looked that man in the eye and said, I was praying for you. Praise God. Come on, man. The man stopped beating him. He couldn't handle that. I beat you for 15 years without any mercy, and you're praying for me. And it broke the man. You see, the man thought he'd break him, and the devil's always trying to break us. But if you'll stay in Jesus and you'll let God just work through you, you'll be amazed at what you can do. Quit listening to the enemy. When he says you can't make a difference, I'm telling you, you can make the world a difference. When you think nobody wants to hear what you got to say, there's always somebody that needs to hear what you got to say whether it's a family member, whether it's somebody visiting, it doesn't matter who, God always got something he can say through you that you don't know that it won't transform their life at the moment you said it. Don't ever take for granted when you're talking about the Lord or sharing something from the word or devotion that you read that it's not touching somebody. That a prayer that you prayed is not going beyond these walls and changing the world. Statistics say about 25 million adults, sadly, are taking some type of antidepressant medication. 25 million. Now, while some cases are legitimate, I would dare to say that most are due to a people allowing their minds to become contaminated with Satan's lies. Mm-hmm. The father of lies. I am not afraid because I know a lot of these people. Now, don't get me wrong. There are sometimes people do need medication to calm their mind down. But there's a lot of people, they have just listened to the enemy so long, and they feel so bad about themselves. But if they would realize who they were in Christ, if they would stand on the promises of God, they could rise up out of that situation. They could be healed in their mind and their body and their soul. I don't believe I'm lying about this. So what can we do? There is good news. The Bible says in Proverbs sixteen twenty three, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Mm-hmm. Thy thought shall be established. That means made firm and solid, immovable. Yeah. That means the devil will not be able to move you from the truth that is within you. Yeah. Uh, but that ain't going to happen if we don't stay in the Word. Right. Notice what it says. Commit thy works, which means yeah. thy way, which also means your life. You commit your everything to the Lord, not just some things, not just the spiritual. We've got to commit everything, our total life, everything, every decision, every day, every breath, we commit to our loving Heavenly Father. And he says, and when you do that, your thoughts will be established. When your thoughts become established, solid, and firm, the enemy can't come in. He can't deceive you. He can't get a hold of you. We need to start focusing on the things that are spiritual and quit focusing on the temporary things of this world. You know, if I can look back in my life, I'm 58 years old. If I can look back and say, there's anything I wish I'd have done different. I wish I'd have quit wasting so much time on worldly mess. Mm-hmm. Things that really didn't matter. Things that were physical, material, and temporary. I have been sharing Christ. I have been preaching the word since I was 13 years old. But even in all of that, I wish I'd have done more. But, you know, I can't change that. But I can change what I do now. That's I can commit my everything to him now. Amen. And I don't believe he's mad one bit because it ain't wasted time with God because he can make up time real quick. Yeah. You see, this world's temporary, folks. I think we all know that, don't we? Yes. Yeah. You know, I kind of remember a guy told me one day, he said, you know, when I was young, I was strong, and I had, a, I had a muscular body, and I really looked good. He said, but now i got the furniture disease. I said, what is that? He says, my chest has fallen in my drawers. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. hey, I know what you're talking about. Man, every, gravity is working, honey, because it's pulling down everything I got. <laughs> Hey, but what? It's temporary. It's just temporary. But one day we're going to be in a place that's not temporary. But until we get there, there's work to be done. There's a gospel to be preached. There's a word to be spoken. There's a song to be sung. There's a prayer to be prayed. Yes. Every day we can do something. Every day. You don't have to be behind a pulpit. You are the pulpit. You don't have to go to a church. You are the church. yeah let God do something in you. Get your thoughts on the Lord. Let it get in on your heart and start speaking forth the things of God to every opportunity that you got through a card, through a prayer, through a conversation. Let God do some uh, Jesus and God have given us the Holy Spirit, our helper, comforter, guide, teacher, corrector, the one who empowers us. In Ephesians 6, 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on. You've heard that sermon, haven't you? Put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to tell you something that just dawned on me. Hadn't been long ago. You know, we get up talking about, oh, every morning when you get up, you need to put on the whole armor of God. You need to put on the breastplate. You need to put on the shoes. You need to put on the helmet. You know, I used to preach that every day when you get up, put on the whole armor. And God told me one day, he said, you didn't read that scripture, did you? I said, what do you mean? I said, Lord, I'm telling you. He said, when I said put on the whole armor, I didn't say anything about ever taking it off. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You got to wear it all the time. You got to wear it 24-7. Once you get saved, once you become a new Christian, you put on the armor and don't ever. If you take it off, you're exposing yourself to the enemy. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So I don't preach that no more. I tell folks, put it on, keep it on. Yeah. Don't take it off. Don't take off the helmet of salvation because that protects your mind. Mm-hmm. Keep it on 24-7. That helmet will protect you and keep your thoughts right. We must be aware of what we see, what we hear, what we read, what we say. There's a beautiful scripture I'm going to close down with. In Philippians 4-7, it says, Finally, brethren, and that's pl- plural, it means sister's as well. <laughs> it means man, boy. Woman, girl, anybody in Christ. Finally, brethren, what things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Look at that. Whatever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and good report. And that good is translated godly. Amen. It's a godly report. It's God things. It's spiritual. If there be any virtue and praise, it says think on these things. Why? Because if you think on those things, your heart will make decisions based on those things, and you'll do the things that please God, help others, and benefit you. That's how we get our life together. That's how we get our thoughts together daily feed your mind the word of god whether it's written or spoken you know you can get the bible on a cd or whatever there's so many but we either, we need to read it or we need to hear it god's music god's teaching anything that will draw us closer in the spirit to god our prayer, our praise, our thanksgiving, these are all things God has given us to help us grow in Christ. He loves us so much. He loves you so much. He's got a plan for your life. And it ain't over on this planet until you quit breathing. And then it's just going to get that much better. Because we got stuff on the other side. The Bible says that ear hath not heard, I have not seen, neither has even entered into your heart the things that God has prepared on the other side. When I think about how good he is here, I can't hardly stand myself. And then the thing it's just going to get better. If he'll just get me out of this sinful planet and put me in his glory, that's going to be awesome. But until we get there, we got work to do here. We got a ministry to do here we got a calling on our life here. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how big a sin you If you've got that right with God, all you got to do is, if you've if you got a sin between you and God today, he said, if you will confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. And he'll make us as white as snow. Amen. All we have to do is say, Father, I missed it. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And it's done. God said, all right, let's go on. That's right. Quit hinging in the past. Forget about what was and remember what is. What are you going to I don't know what you've done. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? That's right. That's what's important. Not then, now. If you did something great then, that's fine. But we're not going to live in the excuses. What about now? What are you going to do now? And you oh, that's can. How you fall. How you get back that's it. God doesn't fault you for get fallen. He faults you when you don't get up. Because yeah. he's yeah. given you the power through the word and the spirit to get up. Yeah. I want you to talk with God about his goodness. I want you to talk to others around you. I want you to decide in your heart, I'm going to serve God as long as I'm drawing breath. And that doesn't mean just to be ministered to. That means you are a minister. In some way, shape, form, or fashion. You can say something, do something, pray something, sing something. You can always do something to build up the kingdom of God. My last scripture in Philippians 2, 5, it says, Let this mind, which is God's will and God's love, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. What is the mind? It's the God's will and God's love. It's God's will and God's love. The will of Christ, the will and the way of God is love. That's right. Let love rule your hearts and your minds, and I promise you everything's going to be awesome. Amen. I can't thank y'all enough for allowing me to share this with you today.